So many people talking about China, so I had to chime in on this. But today we're going to focus on China tech and why am I pretty positive about it. I don't want to make China sound like a monolith. Like I said in last episode, right? China, there are many sectors, you know. It's just the US media paints everything about China. It's like China, 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 right? So it makes China sound like a monolithic country that there's only one big brother that controls everything. But the reality is it's multifaceted. There are a lot of different sectors. And like I said in last episode, the growth in different sectors Sectors will be pretty different over the next decade. But specifically for China Tech, I'm pretty positive. So I'm going to share with you a little bit more as to why I think the mid-term to long-term future of tech in China is going to be very sexy. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So good morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering us to create the life we love while managing our finances well. And today, I'm going to spend some time to focus on why am I positive about China tech. By now, you should have seen a lot of content going out there about China. So whether is it our content, other people's content, specifically for ours, uh, yeah, we did quite a few lives, you know, different discussion with uh, Freddie from Stash Away, with Thomas from Sadie Compounding, Eugene from Vision Capital. I think we're going to organize quite a few more. And as of time recording now, I don't know what else is coming, but we are definitely going to spend uh, a little bit more effort trying to break down China as an investment, as a country, and what is the future. And yes, if you have not checked out last week's episode, those pointers are important because it forms my basis of how I look at China tech. And today we're going to just focus on Chinese tech, especially after the massive sell-down over the past few months. Yes, I know recently there's been a bigger sell-down, but before that, there was already a steady sell-down, whether is it the US-China trade war, whether is it... Uh, China setting big regulations on its big tech companies and what have you. They have all caused the Chinese companies to come down over the last year, right? So for anybody that invested in China or heavily invested in Chinese tech companies specifically, uh, your portfolio may be underperforming like mine. <laughs> you know, so okay, I won't say I'm underperforming, la, like, but not as sexy as what I would hope, you know, especially for my bigger portfolio where there's uh, US companies, Chinese companies, and because I'm a little bit more heavy on the Chinese companies, I have about 20% in Chinese companies, I am not doing so well broader to what I would be able to perform. La. Yeah, a bit sad. La. But anyway, the <laughs> so so I, I've put out my, my positions, right? I do own Chinese companies, so Alibaba, JD, Tencent. I am a little bit safer when I buy Chinese companies. I do not try to like dig small names. I'm just very happy with the big tech because fundamentally they are very strong and they do have dominance in the Chinese game. Of course, I've lived in China for about a year, a few years back. So I've had experience, you know, in that Chinese ecosystem where I literally go out with a phone, right? So I don't need to bring my wallet. I won't feel like afraid and jittery and what have you. 
Recently, I'm seeing that happen in Singapore, so that's amazing. You can actually bring a phone and just QR code pay here, order this, do that, right? So whatever that you're starting to experience here on this little island of Singapore, China has really done it maybe about five years ago, where you can order a Grab or order a TT specifically, like a taxi on your phone. You can get discounts with Meituan. You can have all sorts of stuff with JD, with Alibaba, they send to you the next day or the day after. Depending on where you are, if you're in a bigger city, the delivery is a lot faster. If you're in a rural town, within a week, they'll be able to send you all the stuff that you need. You can book your train tickets, your air tickets on Sea Trip, Sea Cheng, all sorts of stuff, right? So it's, it's pretty, pretty advanced by now from a consumer tech standpoint. And before we go deeper on this discussion, I want to put it out there that this is not a recommendation. Yeah, yeah, important, important. <laughs> only for education and entertainment purposes only, okay? Do not take this as advice or recommendation, etc., etc. So the idea here is China is really very advanced from a consumer tech standpoint, okay? I'm very specific about this because tech is very broad and I don't want to make it sound like, oh, every tech in China is very good. But you are seeing some crazy things happening in China, like they built their own space station, quite <laughs> crazy, right? They have like very, very, very extended network of railway system, high-speed rail and whatever. So from a hardware standpoint, I think there's a lot of advancement there. But from a consumer tech standpoint, there's also a lot of advancement and they are leaps and bounds ahead in terms of that consumer tech um, angle. So which is why when people tell me like, oh, you know, government regulation, demography is aging, all those things I agree, you know, I actually agree that government regulation is a risk factor. I agree that aging demographic is a risk factor, you know, but at the core, you got to ask yourself a few things, right? Like, what kind of government regulation? What are they regulating? They're regulating data. They're regulating payments. And recently, they're regulating education for a broader reason of uh, demographic purposes because the demography is getting very old and they believe that the stress on the people is resulting in them not giving birth, which I think there is some sort of basis to it. So... If you think about it, the Chinese government is not regulating consumption itself or it's not even regulating tech as a whole sector, but they're just very focused on data and they're very focused on payments. So we can go on and on on this discussion. I'm sure you've heard a lot of people talk about it. In general, you must understand that the Chinese economy is essentially a planned economy with markets. Uh. It's not a market economy. So anything that challenges the Chinese rule or the Chinese power um, or the CCP's power then uh, becomes a little bit more of a pain point for them and they will try to regulate it like data, like payments because they don't want private companies to own all the data of the people and they don't want private companies to be able to route out of the financial system because financial system in today's world is a very important uh, tool for government to regulate the economy and control the country. So those are some basic pointers that I know people are talking about but to me, those things do not form a very strong case against Chinese tech. And I'm going to share with you the first point, why I think um, China tech has a lot of runway and pretty, pretty sexy and powerful going forward. Point number one is, okay, point number one is the tech penetration in China is amazing. Okay, amazing. Uh, like 1 billion mobile internet users, okay? Whatever statistic you take out, whether you take the China Internet Network Information Center or whatever reports out there, I know some reports have discrepancy. Um, it's a little bit different here and there. But across the board, they are all showing that China's internet penetration is very high. And penetration 
fundamentally has two elements. Right? One is the hardware. That means a lot of people are having mobile devices. The other is the network, which means internet cables are being laid across the country. And a lot of people, even in a rural town, are having very good and stable internet. And you can already see from your TikTok videos, your bike dance videos, YouTube videos, and what have you, where a lot of rural influencers are becoming very big in China. And all these is not possible without very strong and stable internet okay if you've done any kind of content creation you've done any kind of video exporting or you've tried to trade when you are traveling or or something somehow somewhere you know that internet connectivity is fundamental to all these things so in other words china has established itself with a lot of mobile users and very high speed internet across the country so this is something pretty positive about a centrally planned economy where you know, China can kind of lay out all these cables and they can fund the companies to lay out the cables, internet cables, even into the rural parts of China and not be that concerned about, you know, whether we can make a profit now and what have you because they have a much longer plan. And you are seeing that happening in the US also. A lot of private companies are talking to the public administration to try to share the cost and lay cables in a rural town. But in China, it already happened and it's happening uh, at quite a crazy speed, about 50 over percent of rural province have internet. So we've close to a billion internet users and mobile internet users specifically. Okay, why, why must say mobile internet users? If you think about it, all the latest big tech from China are mobile first. Whether is it ByteDance, whether is it Tencent, whether is it Alibaba, JD, they are all mobile first. People don't go to Alibaba.com to shop, you know. <laughs> I mean, some people do, but you get the idea. Generally, all the biggest tech guys in China are mobile first. And there's a reason because everybody has a mobile phone or a lot of people have a mobile phone and they have easy connectivity through high-speed internet. And actually, China has kind of rubbed away from the desktop revolution. That means desktop is not very common in China, okay? Unless you work and you need desktops. People don't really have it as a thing, you know, like... like Maybe in Singapore and other parts of the West, desktop is a thing, which is why there's a lot of desktop gaming. There's a lot of things that are focused on the desktop first, right? There's web services, desktop services, and what have you, right? Uh, there are a lot of big companies with like Windows, with Activision, and all that jazz that was born out of an era where a lot of people had computers at home, like desktop computers at home or laptops, okay? Whatever. As long as something that opens uh, and... and Works like a computer. But in many other parts of Asia, China specifically also, uh, a lot of these countries have actually run away from this revolution. They have went straight into mobile, which is why the mobile ecosystem is a lot stronger. Um, the desktop ecosystem is not as strong in China. There are not a lot of big apps that are desktop-centric or computer-centric or like laptop-centric. And most of the big apps are actually very mobile-centric. So that's interesting to note. So why is this important and why is this um, a very big plus point for China's big tech or China's tech future? Um, simply put, there are a lot of people. Lor. <laughs> so if there are a lot of people, then there will be a lot of business, there will be a lot of people that want to touch and tap on this. And you're already seeing it even with companies like Activision or EA, some of the bigger game guys. In the past, they don't have dominance in mobile gaming. They are not big on mobile games. They do a lot of desktop games and that is an extension of what is happening in the US or in the other developed parts of the world because at that point in time, more and more people are using desktop and people use it to play games. So it's a thing. But now China is this big market with a lot of mobile users 
And you see all these big mobile games coming up and all these US companies trying to create mobile games targeted at the Chinese consumers. All right, so all that by extension is already showing that as long as you have a big market, there'll be a lot of people that want to come in. It's not unique to China. It's anywhere. As long as there are a lot of people trying to do this thing, there's value in spending money in this space. There'll be a lot of businesses that want to come in and then it becomes a flywheel. More business, more services, more people want to join the ecosystem. And then it just keeps churning and keeps churning and keeps churning. So when you look at China specifically, with a billion mobile internet users, with platforms like TikTok, with Tencent, with WeChat, you know, Alibaba, Taobao, JD.com, Meituan, Titi, all these different companies are already intertwined in the Chinese daily user. Every day they use these platforms. It's not like a special thing, you know. I think maybe for a lot of outsiders, uh, when when we don't when we don't uh, when we don't live there, we think like wow, very cool. Uh, a lot of people using all these apps, but actually, it's no different from Instagram, Facebook, and what have you. We use a certain app ecosystem here daily. They also use uh, ecosystem over there daily, and with a lot of mobile users, there's just a lot of business to be done, right? So whatever Chinese regulations throw down, there is a Chinese saying in China: "Sang you That means every policy that comes out from the top, right? People on the ground will find a way to work with it. <laughs> so yes, essentially, people on the ground will find a way and a lot of these companies will work with whatever regulation that happens. They are not going to try to stand up against the government and you know lose business and what have you. So whatever the Western media is trying to paint that China is anti-business and all that, that is a certain view and a certain angle. But if you really look at the ground, if you are not concerned about political affinity and what have you, with a lot of users and a lot of people enabled in China to use with their mobile phones, to join the internet ecosystem, to use all these apps, hey, there's just a big bunch of people here waiting to be serviced and all these companies will continue to be consumer-centric and focus and service them. So there will still be very good businesses. Just wait for all the reports that are coming out within these few weeks. <laughs> it's going to do very well. So with that fundamental where there are a lot of users to serve and a lot of these Chinese companies are doing very well fundamentally, this brings me to point number two and that is the valuations of a lot of these Chinese tech companies today are too low relative to their US counterparts or even, you know, I mean, you just compare across the board, it's really, really low. And we'll talk a little bit more about this afterward from our sponsor. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Okay, so how I'm comparing valuation in this current situation is just basic P-E ratio. And P-E ratios are not an end-all, be-all for valuations. 
it is just a much easier, simpler way to compare across similar companies, okay? Of course, uh, I'm a big proponent of using DCF to evaluate, but that's all the modeling and all that jazz. I will not be very specific on today's podcast. Just using P ratio, I think, is good enough when you're trying to compare similar stuff, okay? And it's very common. Everybody use it out there. If you want to learn a little bit more, Google it. If you have some questions, come to our Telegram group, ask us about ratios and what have you. I will share with you a little bit more. And yeah, maybe I should do a podcast about valuations or so. But anyway... Coming back to the point that Chinese companies have relatively low valuations compared to its Western counterparts, right? Let me just give you the idea, okay? Today is what they are. Today is 3rd of August, Tuesday, okay? So I'm recording one week ahead. Alibaba is trading today at 24.9x, okay? And Alibaba... 24.9x, uh, price-to-earnings ratio, okay? Price-to-earning ratio, 24.9x. And Alibaba, I think you can compare to Amazon, okay? <laughs> so, comparing to Amazon, Amazon is like 63.36x, right? So, it is quite wild. Of course, it is not an apples-to-apples comparison, but across the board, whether is it Tencent trading at 22.4x um, or Google trading at 297 you know, you, you get the idea that generally the big Chinese tech, which is Alibaba and Tencent specifically, they are all trading at very, very low valuations. And I think there is a reason why, because the market is pricing in government regulation risk, the market is pricing in currency risk, the market is pricing in all the dispute between China and the broader Western world. Okay, I think US is uh, leading that Western world, but, you know, Europe is a little bit... You know, wonky, they don't know where they're standing. So generally, I think the market is pricing in all these risks, which I think is fair because all these are real risks, right? Like we've talked about last week and earlier in, in the starting of the podcast and with all our friends that came on to our shows. But the reality is, as long as the long-term growth trajectory of the Chinese tech companies stays intact, which means there's still a lot of users and all the platforms that they're creating, the apps they're creating are still being used by all these consumers, then fundamentally, it is still going to be generating a lot of cash. It's still going to be doing very well. And over time, you know, much like any other fundamentalist will tell you, time will, you know, re-evaluate while quoting the big Warren Buffett. Okay, I don't like to quote these guys, but quoting the big Warren Buffett... In the short term, the stock market is a voting machine. In the long term, it is a weighing machine. So as long as the company's fundamentals are strong, it will come back. So a lot of uh, people have done valuations on Alibaba and Tencent. You just go and Google, it's everywhere. YouTube is everywhere. And I think a lot of their valuation models are pretty okay. It's not crazy and wild. Um, even our friends from Dr. Wealth, uh, Elvin, they have done a valuation on Alibaba, which at a target price of $275. Don't quote me. You can go and check their platform. You don't quote them also, their education company. You know, But generally, I think the consensus is the fundamentals of these big tech is amazing. And whatever that you can say about the Amazons, the Google, the Facebook, you can also say the same thing about Alibaba, Tencent and JD and Weibo and Meituan. You know, so all the positive things with network effect, la, brand, la, pricing power, blah, blah, blah. It's all the same. You can say about all these big Chinese tech. It's just that they are covered and, you know, currently under the shade of all these geopolitics and, and regulation risk and, and what have you. But at the core, I think they are beautiful, strong, 
and good brand, reliable, blah, 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 blah. And if you live there, you know everybody uses platforms. Like it's not every day that you have a new messaging app. You know, it's been a long time since there's a new search platform. It's the same big tech problems, okay, in the US where there's a lot of big monopoly in tech, same in China. So, hey, as a business owner or as an investor, hey, good businesses, fair valuation or I would say a pretty low valuation for its fundamentals. So yeah, that is uh, definitely something that I think Chinese tech companies are trading at and have a positive point at this moment in time. Definitely something to consider. Which brings me to third point and that is Chinese consumers are very rich. Okay, so this is a bit broad-based, but if you understand how Chinese consumers are consuming, which is tech first, which is mobile first, whether or not they buy uh, from JD, they buy from Alibaba, they buy from WeChat, or they buy from all the live streaming platform and what have you, a lot of the consumption are tech first. And uh, while I do not have the exact numbers and the latest reports of how much is being consumed uh, relative to online and offline spending and what have you. I think there is a pretty good report by McKinsey. In 2019, it says that China's online retail market is larger than 10 markets combined. It's estimated to be about $1.5 trillion. Okay, with an expected growth rate of about 20 over percent year on year. So yeah, it's quite wild, essentially. And if you look at it, whether or not the Chinese consumers are consuming online or offline, they are fundamentally quite well-to-do in a sense of they have very high saving rates, you know, saving rates at about 58%. Okay, household saving rates at 58%. Japan is at 53%, the US is at 12%. Okay, so just to give you some context, the Chinese are very well-to-do and probably a sign that the Chinese government is not really trying to regulate consumer spending at this point in time. They're trying to promote consumer spending because the consumers have a lot of money sitting around and it's not healthy for the country if they're not spending. So that's uh, something to be aware of. And urban household income has went up a lot. Okay, so from 2010 to 2020, it went up from 20,000 per household to 43.8 thousand per household. Okay, so it it sounds like 43.8 thousand a year per household, not a lot, right? US dollars, huh? uh, But actually, if you think about it, 10 years, your income doubled, the whole family's income doubled in that sense. You have a lot more to spend, right? So even in the rural areas, you're seeing that the numbers double also. So Chinese consumers being very well-to-do, and are relatively well-to-do with a lot of money sitting around waiting to spend. Uh, those are all good signs for Chinese tech, especially when everybody has a, has a, <laughs> has a computer in their pocket these days. Right? So whatever that is going on, whatever that uh, people are fearing of, whether is it regulation, whether is it geopolitical trade war and what have you, the fundamentals are very strong in the Chinese tech ecosystem. And I'm going to sum up today, okay, why am I pretty positive about Chinese tech? Number one is the tech penetration is very high, okay, about a billion mobile users. So with a billion people, miracles can happen. You can do all sorts of stuff, right? So if you just look at it, a lot of the big Chinese tech companies today are mobile first and there's a reason for it, okay? Number two is valuations today are very, very affordable relative to its fundamentals and relative to its US counterparts, right? So Alibaba and Tencent, they're all trading low 20x P ratio. So if you just go and do some basic DCF, you can be able to come to an even more sophisticated valuation of your price. And number three is the Chinese consumers are very rich and they are very okay to spend online, right? So their consumer spending 
online. It's about 1.5 trillion in 2019. And I'm sure it's much higher today. So all that put together, regardless of what people are doing or regardless of what the US uh, media is saying, the core tells you that the Chinese internet tech business is very, very sexy and there'll be a lot of stuff coming along. So yeah, that's why I am pretty positive about Chinese tech, although I know it's very painful now. You know, it's being sold down and whatever you. So yeah, I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our social, sign up for our weekly newsletter. We are doing a weekly newsletter rebooked. We are going to have a lot of information within the newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have any interesting thoughts you want to share or you know someone that we would like to hear from, reach out to us through help at thefinancialcoconut.com With that, have a great day ahead Stay tuned next week And always remember Personal finance can be chill, clear And sustainable for all Okay, okay, enough of China, right? I think there's a lot of discussion on China and if this keeps playing out, we will continue to get more interesting people on to talk and uh, share with you their perspectives. I think it is a worthy discussion because if you look at China, whether it's from a macroeconomic standpoint, they do have... Um, trade surpluses. They run trade surpluses with uh, four major economies of the world. That means they're selling more to people than they are buying, right? So they they have done some pretty amazing job. And whatever you say, during the pandemic, it taught me one thing. It's not about how much money you have specifically. It's about what can you produce? What kind of technology you have? What kind of production capacity you have? What can you do? as a country that makes it more resilient and also as an individual, it makes you stronger, right? So it's, it's not just about how much money you have. And if you look at China, China is, I think at this point in time, unstoppable. Okay, whether or not it will overtake the US, that's a question mark. Whether or not uh, what's going to happen, I don't know. But I am pretty certain that for a country that have nuclear power plant, that can do some of the biggest infrastructure projects, that have, um, <laughs> have a supply chain that, you know, even the big US companies that, you know, try to be patriotic or maybe they're really patriotic and what have you, cannot avoid and big consumer market, they can send their own space stations. They have high-speed rail, you know, <laughs> crossing from the deserts to the falls and what have you. They are already unstoppable. They have uh, very big fundamentals uh, to their advantage they have technology and whatever of course it's not uh, perfect they have a lot of other things that they should solve and they will solve uh, but yeah I'm and okay I also want to put it out there that does not mean I support China as a country as an investor means I definitely support their politics okay this is something that you need to recognize as an investor sometimes we gotta recognize that you know politics affinity is one thing uh, business is another thing whether or not to you is important that's up to you but you don't try to use your basis to judge how I invest okay so for me as an investor I'm only interested in the fundamentals I'm interested in the business practices and how are they gonna progress into the future so from many layers economics consumers businesses technology I think China is gonna do pretty well and Chinese tech is uh, underappreciated at this point in time. But this is my thoughts, okay? My basis. Um, 
please do your homework and all that jazz. So yeah, I hope you learned something useful. Next week, I'm going to focus on specs. I think I'm going to focus on specs. Lah. It's either specs or CPF. Lah. I'm going to record and I'll, I'll let you know. Lah. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, recently a lot of good things coming out. So stay tuned. Take care. See ya. Bye.